0: Recording. This is the My HomeKit Home Podcast, Episode 1, Take 1. All right, so how do we record a podcast? I don't really know. Thankfully, we've got Google. How to record a podcast. All right. hundred seventy-six million five hundred and four. Okay, well, let's just see how this goes. internet and welcome to the very first episode of the my home kid home podcast My name is Dustin and here we look at the smart home with an Apple HomeKit and Accessibility Focus. Now if you're joining us from the YouTube channel or our social media, thanks for joining us over here. And if you just stumbled upon us through your favorite podcast app, well, welcome. In any case, we would definitely appreciate a rating and even a review. Now in terms of the format, what we'll be looking at is a bit of news we'll pick and choose some news articles i don't want to go through all the home kit news is that's a huge undertaking and there are lots of folks who are already doing a bang up job that What I thought we'd do is just sort of pick and choose some news articles, talk about that a little bit, and then maybe look at some short form reviews of different HomeKit and Smart Home products, and then try to tie those reviews and the news into a more overarching theme in the Smart Home, HomeKit, and accessibility. So let's just go ahead and get into some news. So as I'm recording this, we are on the heels of the release of the very first thread-enabled motion sensor, the EVE motion now eve has been a huge player in bringing thread into home and they will be a huge player in thread as it's adopted through Amazon and Google as matter starts to roll out. I am very excited about this particular device because not only is it the first motion sensor to support Thread, but it's also the first update of the EVE motion sensor since it was first released some five, six, or seven years ago, and it's got some pretty decent upgrades as well it's got an ambient light sensor which the original version didn't have of course it's got thread which the original version was using bluetooth which i'm not the hugest fan of Bluetooth being used for sensors but it did seem to work pretty well. I still use it to control the lights on the patio just outside here of the studio and it does seem to work pretty well but having increased reliability and speed of thread is going to go a long way. So I'm really excited to see this new addition to the Eve over thread lineup. If you're interested in checking out more information on the EVE Motion, you'll find links to the full news article as well as the product itself in the show notes. In other news, Acura. So these guys really don't seem to stop. They're always constantly churning out new products, new iterations of products. They're constantly updating their app, bringing new features to older products. They just, they're really they're getting after it. And their most latest release is the E1 curtain motor. And this is really cool. This is really the first of its kind to natively support HomeKit. It's very similar to the SwitchBot curtain, which does kind of work in HomeKit through Siri shortcuts. And of course, it does have its HomeBridge plugin, which works very very well i hear i don't have that set up in my house as of yet but it you know it it it's really interesting that we finally have a curtain motor that is working in home kit um, there is another one from Zimi smart as well it's not as popular a little more difficult to get But Acura at this point is a very well-established brand, and they do tend to produce some pretty high-quality products at a very affordable price. One of the things that I really like about this E1 curtain motor is the fact that you can tug on the curtain in either direction, and the motor will pick up on that and continue moving that curtain, whether it's opening or closing, which I think is really great if you live in a house that where other people just aren't as excited about HomeKit as you. Now, if you live in the house with a toddler like I do, that might cause some problems, but you know, I I haven't tested that out as of yet. I can't wait to see what actually happens when I get my hands on these motors. So definitely subscribe and be on the lookout for those in the future. In other Acura news, they have also recently released an updated version of their Hub M1S. Now, this isn't the biggest of upgrades or updates to the device itself. It does have some increased security with WPA3 support, and it's also got some updates in terms of what we can do with the ringtones and the sounds that are produced with the device itself. We can now personalize them, which is really pretty great, but I'm not sure that it's worth upgrading if you already have the Hub M1S. But if you are considering getting into the Acura ecosystem, this is definitely a great way to go. And the last bit of Acro news that I wanted to talk about was a couple of weeks ago, maybe even a couple of months ago at this point, they released the international version of their motion sensor P1, and I've had it here at the house for that time, and I wanted to kind of give you guys my thoughts on it. So it is an updated version of their original motion sensor, which was pretty solid, but it did have some things that were kind of lacking. First of those being a configurable timeout refresh. So the original version of the motion sensor was sort of stuck at a static 30 seconds. With this new version, we can choose between 0 and 200 seconds for the refresh rate of the sensor itself. This is great for really customizing your automations and and making sure that they're fitting your particular use case. If you want motion to be detected constantly or if you want to have more time between those automations being triggered. So that's a really fantastic update. Another really great thing about the Motion Sensor P1 is that it now has a five year battery life. So, with this, does come a slightly larger form factor, as you might imagine, because this version does have two CR2450 batteries, but the size difference is minor, really. It is a little bit bigger but it's nothing that's going to stick out like a sore thumb. But Other than that it has the exact same form factor as the original. Another really great reason why I like this five-year battery life is that the base of both the original motion sensor and the P1 are attached to the sensor head itself by a double-sided tape. So it's a little bit awkward to get into the battery compartment to change the batteries. So not having to do that as with the P1 is definitely a great improvement over the original version speaking about the base itself i'm not the biggest fan of the design of it we do have to use double sided tape in order to mount the device which is fine for a lot of cases but sometimes you might want it to be a bit more secure and have maybe some other mounting options like screws or even a magnetic base so i would have really liked to have seen that with this newer version Another great feature of the Acura P1 motion sensor is the fact that we can now adjust the sensitivity of the device. So the device's default sensitivity is set to medium which gives us a pretty impressive 170 degrees range at about 2 meters and then going down to 150 degrees at about 7 meters. So we can also of course adjust that to low and high depending on how we'd like it and this is great especially considering Considering that we've got that new configurable refresh timeout which really makes this a pretty highly configurable motion sensor. This on top of the fact that we have an ambient light sensor built into the motion sensor. Unfortunately it's not exposed to HomeKit just like the original version and in fact the M1 S hub that we talked about earlier also has an ambient light sensor, but none of them are actually exposed to HomeKit. I'm not really sure why this is. I'm sure Acura has a very good reason for it, but it is what it is. They're not exposed to HomeKit. But all in all, I think not only is the Motion Sensor P1 a great upgrade for motion sensors in Acura, but I think it's a really solid option if you're looking for a motion sensor in HomeKit. Now, should you run out and replace all of your existing Acura Sensors? Well, yes, and maybe not. Now, if you find that in your particular use case, you could use the added functionality of having that configurable refresh timeout if you want to adjust the sensitivity, well, I'd say go for it. It's a very affordable motion sensor but if you don't then you might not want to even mess with it but i can say that if you're considering a new motion sensor or getting into motion sensors in general this is definitely one to consider although it does have the added cost of an acura hub The Acura hubs are fantastic because there's a variety to choose from, and if you don't need something like a camera built in, then you can choose one of their security alarms. If you don't need that, you can choose the E1, which is essentially just a thumb drive that has a Zigbee 3.0 radio on it and can support up to 128 child devices. So they really have a range of hubs that are going to fit your needs no matter what they are. Now, if you're interested, I definitely recommend checking out our full in-depth review of the Acura Motion Sensor P1 on the blog. And we've also got links to the product itself down in the show notes. The Acura P1 motion sensor does require an Acura hub because it uses Zigbee, more specifically Zigbee 3.0. At the top of the podcast, we talked about EVE having released an update to their motion sensor, which uses Thread. And that's what I kind of want to look at here, the difference between Zigbee and Thread and, and really their day-to-day uses. Now if you remember, maybe you don't, I did a video last year on the difference between Zigbee and Thread and it has a lot of numbers and we looked at ranges and and device capacities and all these things and I don't want to do that here. What I want to look at here is how they actually function On a day to day basis in my home, Um, I use both of them. I have extensive networks of both Zigbee and Thread devices, and I kind of wanted to give you my thoughts. Um, So, the main area of my home that I actually use these two protocols is what I would consider one of the most important areas of my home, and that's my bedroom. Um, The reason I consider that to be particularly important is because it has a lot of devices that my wife uses and if it passes the wife test then it, it can really pass anything and so i've got all of our lights in there with the exception of one um Philips Philips hue lights and the other light that i have in there is some vanity lights that are controlled via an eve energy with thread um in that room, the main switch is a Wimo stage scene controller with thread. And I've also got three, three or four four. I've also got four different Acura wireless mini switches which are controlling individual lights in the closet, in the bathroom, in the hallway, from the bedroom to the closet and bathroom, and then also for the vanity lights that I mentioned that are being controlled by the Eve Energy. Now also in the bedroom I have our mini split which is controlled by a sensible air which works over Wi-Fi and HomeKit. Now one of the interesting things is that the other day our internet went out. And so I thought it would be a great time to sort of test some different things out. Um, And I found it had some really interesting results. So the Wemo stage controller has three buttons three actions for each button. The first button I have configured to control the main lights in the bedroom. The second button controls the sensible air AC controller. And the third one controls some lights that we have outside of the bedroom. And so the first one is really interesting because it's a thread device that's controlling hue lights. And That worked fine without the internet there was no really no noticeable difference between having internet and not having internet in terms of responsiveness of the lights what I found really interesting though was that same controller just simply couldn't control the sensible air which is a Wi-Fi device so It shouldn't matter whether or not there's internet behind the signal, the Wi-Fi router should just be able to send those signals, but it was really interesting that it couldn't handle sending the signal to a Wi-Fi device, but it did very well sending the signal from a thread device to a Zigbee device via the Q-Hub. Um, so I thought that was really interesting I also didn't have any issues between the two different Zigbee networks that I have in that room between the Acura wireless mini switches and the different Hue lights that are in there no internet no problem both just everything just worked very very well something I noticed that didn't work so well was when the Zigbee controller, which is a Acura wireless mini switch, was trying to control the Eve Energy to control the vanity lights. I noticed that that one had some issues. It simply didn't work. Very much in the same style as the Wemo stage controller with the sensible air Wi-Fi device. On the ZigBee side of things, there's definitely a wider variety of devices, but that's because it's been around for years and years and years. And so it's a more established protocol. It's more established in the market. Whereas Thread, we're starting to see the rollout of a huge number of Thread devices in a very short period of time. And I don't think that's going to slow anytime soon, especially as Amazon and Google start to ramp up their support for Thread. and it's, theoretically, we're going to see matter at the end of the year. Maybe. I don't really know. But for me, generally speaking, I'm more inclined to choose a Zigbee device over a thread device, just because it has that standing in the market, and it's probably going to be cheaper as well. But that doesn't mean that Zigbee isn't without its faults. So one of the advantages of using a thread network over a zigbee network is that with thread especially now that we have the new version i believe it's 1.0.3 if i'm i could be very very wrong about that but this newer version of thread allows different border routers to be considered in the same network Um, so if you have different border routers from Eero or Apple or whoever the manufacturer is, those can now work together instead of being separate thread networks, they can all work together into one happy mesh thread network. And you'll notice that we mentioned a whole bunch of different manufacturers, Apple and Eero and, and, and Nanoleaf and, and Google Hubs and, and all of these things. That's one thing that Zigbee doesn't have. So, Acura devices, though they do work in HomeKit, you can't, generally speaking, add any Zigbee device to an Acura hub. It has to be that particular brand of Zigbee. Um, and so, that's really one of the downsides to using Zigbee is that you know you have to choose, at least in the HomeKit world anyway, I know it's different if you're using Home Assistant or any of these other protocols, you generally want to choose or you generally have to choose one Manufacturer. Now, lastly, I wanted to touch on something that is a bit of a concern of mine, and that's the future of Zigbee. So, Matter is coming at some point and it's going to have an impact. What that impact will be in the long term is kind of hard to say, but the first specifications that are going to be rolling out are Matter over Thread and Matter over Wi Fi. The interesting thing there is that the group in charge of Creating the standard and really standardizing everything is the Connectivity Standards Alliance, or formerly known as the Zigbee Alliance. So the CSA is in charge of creating all the standards and and, and licensing for matter, but also for Zigbee. The first iteration of Matter, the first specifications don't include Zigbee. So what's going to happen with zigbee is it going to come out in the second round of specification so i'm not really sure on the future of zigbee i know that for the foreseeable future nothing is going to happen to zigbee everything's still going to work zigbee devices are still going to be produced manufacturers aren't just going to give up on it overnight but in terms of you know the long term you know, Thread will definitely gain more popularity, but, you know, is it going to compete alongside Zigbee? Or are they going to be developed, you know, at the same rate? There's really some, there's a lot of questions there. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how everything pans out. The good thing is is that we don't have to choose between these two networks. They definitely can work without a whole lot of interference. I've got a pretty extensive thread network and I've got a ton of different Zigbee networks and they all seem to work fine. I don't really get any interference between all of those different networks. So you don't have to choose one or the other. You can play with both. And I think that about wraps up everything that I have for the first episode here of the My Home Kit Home podcast. Again, if you enjoyed today's podcast, consider rating and giving us a review in your favorite podcast app. Don't forget to check us out on the blog over at myhomekithome.com, on YouTube, and all of our social media at My Home, Kit Home as well. Well, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you in the next one. Take care.